Lord God, Heavenly Father, we come before you this evening, Lord, just thanking you for another day's journey. Lord, you didn't have to allow us, Lord, another day, but you did it, Lord God. And it's not because of our goodness, Lord, but it's because of your goodness and your mercy. Lord God, we just thank you for how you continue to bless us in spite of us. Lord God, we thank you for how you have granted us another day, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for another opportunity just to gather in, in your name, Lord. And Lord God, whatever we do, let it all be to your glory. Lord God, we look to you because to you is where all of our help and our strength come from. Lord God, we pray for all the all the uprising in, in all the cities across this United States of America. Lord God, we know that in spite of all that's going on, we know, Lord God, that you are in control of all of it. And Lord God, we know that when you are tired, Lord, you will do what you promised us that you would do, Lord. We pray, Lord God, that you would just continue, Lord God, to keep us under the dripping of your blood, Lord because we know that if we're under your blood, this world can do us no harm. Lord God, we pray uh, for Sister Karen with her vision. Um, we pray for all those who are on this call this evening. Lord, give us wisdom, knowledge, understanding of who you are and what you've called us to do. These blessings we ask in the matchless name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Um, I can hear now. You, you can, we can hear you now. So, okay. um, ladies and gentlemen, oh, gentlemen, you know, gentlemen on this phone, this is a call for ladies only. Um, and like I said, a centralized moment, the focus is you. And those of you that were with us the last couple of weeks, we were um, focusing on domestic violence. Uh, last week, we had a session from uh, Simone Hall, uh, who is a sexual harassment advocate, and she gave us some very detailed statistics and everything about the domestic violence. And the week before, we talked about some personal stories about domestic violence. And if you were on the call last week, I promised you that this week, we were going to have um, Reverend Dr. Cassandra Williams, who will come to you in her own way. I'm going to ask her before she starts to introduce herself and tell you a little bit about her. And she's going to talk to us about grieving, uh, grieving a spouse, a child, or a parent. Um, she's going to um, give you some highlights. I'm, I'm going to let her come to you in her own way. And so at this time, I'm going to ask um, Reverend Dr. Cassandra if she would unmute herself and introduce herself and tell us a little bit about you. Oh, wow, that would be, good evening, everyone. First of all, um, that's kind of hard for me to do, uh, is introduce myself. Um, my name is Reverend Dr. Cassandra Williams. I am the pastor of Ashley Missionary Baptist Church. I have been pastoring for about 12 years now. Um, I have been in the ministry for over 20 years, working from um, being a chaplain to a coordinator over seven different organizations. 
Um, I also work closely with um, my husband, who is now um, deceased, had our private practice with mental health. Um, he did more, as we would say, the logical, and I had the spiritual, because we believe in mind, body, and soul, a holistic approach to, um, to everything. You know, God is in everything, and so we always would keep God first. Um, tonight, I just wanted to um, touch on a few things um, about grieving and the process. Um, and I want everyone to, to uh, keep in mind that grieving is a process. It, it, it's something that we, we, um, we all will go through. Um, how we go through it depends on us and also the um, time frame. I, I really dislike when folks say, oh, it's been five years or it's been this amount of time and you should be here or there. We are all different individuals. We all um, walk through our walks in, in a different way. So how long it takes you to grieve um, will be up to you and how you do it um, is whether or not you receive um, some help along the process. And I say some help because sometimes we can get stuck at a phase um, while we're grieving that will keep us in one spot for five or 10 years and that is not healthy. I would rather see people Reloop themselves in the process versus getting stuck. So tonight, I just want to give us a few pointers on um, what grief is and how we go about um, grieving. And the first uh, thing on our curb, as I'll use instead of having a cycle, I'm going to use a curb. The first thing on the grieving curve is the initial shock. And what I mean by that is when uh, a loved one passes away, whether it has been a long illness or if it was sudden, uh, however you look at it, it is still a shock to us. We still go through that phase of disbelief. Um, we go through a questioning part in our brain in that shock on, well, what happened? Um, how could this have happened? Um, we feel numb. We may even for a moment be in a surreal state to where we're trying to um, gather our thoughts together to process the actual thing. I, and, and, and it always amazes me how people love to use scriptures when we're at that shock phrase. But I, I want to say, everybody know I'm a pastor, right? But some things hit us that we may have read those scriptures a million times. As sure as a man lives, he must die. But when it happens to you, your brain is not thinking on that level right at that moment. You are in a phase of shock. And so we have to allow the mind to catch up to what is going on. After that initial shock, a lot of us go to denial. And I also wanna add on this curve, how you grieve on this curve may be different from others. Some may go from shock to anger. Some may go from 
shock to acceptance. But what I want to give us is just the overview on the different emotions that are all are the different processes that are on this curve. So with denial, we begin to think of mortality, even our own mortality, when we lose um, the ones we love. Um, we begin to look at um, whether we're all safe or not. You know, if it happened to my loved one, this could very well be me next. And we begin to think about um, how life uh, is and our fears of living. You know, we begin to think, um, especially if it is a child, how me as the mother, I'm not supposed to be here longer than my children or my grandchildren. We begin to just have all kinds of uh, the um, fear or, or denier that pops in our head. The third part I want to bring to our attention is the anger. So whether um, your, your loved one is a victim of uh, an accident or a homicide or a sudden death, um, a heart attack or stroke or what, whatever the, the, the issue was that took your loved one away, we still experience anger. Some of us look at um, just now watching all the injustice that's going on now. And, and I, wanna, I wanna touch on that really quick because even with the unjust in America today, I don't know about you all, but it has left me in a grieving uh, state to see a senseless crime to happen to someone. Whether I knew this man or not personally, it was just the act of how he lost his life that is very grievous to me and how uh, his family may feel. And it, it just set me kind of back on this curve of grief. We also try to generalize our anger and we also um, become very irritable with it. And what I mean by that is um, we, we try to make it stay within some of us may be angry, not necessarily at God, but we're angry at the fact that we lost our loved one. And we all know that everything is in the hands of our master, but it does not stop us from being angry. I want us to be able to understand that we can have anger and sin not. Anger is going to be a part of the process. And we'll have to take the steps to get through the anger. If you allow me, I'd like to give you a, a couple scriptures, just really, really quick. Uh, anger within itself, remember this, it is not sinful within itself. So if you have a piece of paper and pencil, I would love for you to write these scriptures down. In Psalm 7 and 11, uh, we see that God gets angry at the wicked. That's Psalms chapter 7, verse 11. In 1 Kings 11 and 9, God, yet again, he is angry at Solomon. 
for what he has done. So, so we, we see that anger itself, it is not sinful. God also was angry at Israel in 2 Kings. And in Mark 3 and 5, we see where Jesus was angry with the Pharisees. So anger itself is not a sin. What God does ask us is to be slow to anger. And I believe that he wants us to realize what we are angry at, why we are angry, and allow us to work through it so that by the end of the day, we have come to some kind of uh, rationalization or we've come to a, a place that we're not angry enough to act out on that anger. And, and that's the part that I want people to understand because sometimes um, as, as Christians, we, we hear people say, oh, well, why, why are you angry? I'm in the process of grieving. Um, we get angry at um, what happened to the individual. And I'm just going to be a little transparent here um, with my own, with, with my event that happened to me and I lost my husband two years ago. And I was angry because the very thing the doctors asked him to stop doing, he didn't. And that contributed to his death. So a part of me was feeling that when he passed away as if, if you had only stopped, if you would have not done this, then this thing would have not happened. Um, and I, I, I was so angry, yet I tried to rationalize it by saying, you know, I, I was right to think that way. But what I realized I had to do was go through the process. Ladies, please do not beat yourselves up wherever you are on that process. You're entitled to feel how you feel. But what I don't want you to do is get stuck there. When you feel yourself being angry for a long period of time or being in one of these curves for a long period of time, reach out to get some help. It's okay to have someone help you walk through or work through that process. After anger, we get a sadness about the loss of the person. We get a sadness and we begin to have flashbacks or triggers of uh, previous loss. And what I mean by that is if you lost your parents before you lost a child, you go back to that place. If you lost your spouse um, before your parents, you go back to that place. So those triggers or, or, or that sadness is triggered by a previous event that we may have gone through. We also begin to feel in the sadness, we begin to really feel the loss of the person. And for some of us, that can leave us feeling unsafe or insecure. Um, and, and at that point, that, that is okay to feel that way. But yet again, we don't want to get stuck. We also get a feeling or um, depressed 
or we may become, our asset may become saddened. Uh, this is why it is important also for us to check on one another. I'll be transparent again. There have been times where I have been in my bed for days. And had it not been for good friends calling me or somebody not, if I don't answer my phone, pop up to the house, hey, we're going to come, we're going to go out, we're going to go out to eat, we're going to do something. Because if I allow myself yet again to stay where I'm at, it will put me in a state of depression. So that sadness is going to come. It, 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 it's going to come. It may come more than once. We have the feeling also of guilt. One of the reasons why we may feel guilt, uh, or several reasons why we may feel guilt, is in that situation we may have appeared helpless or emotional. Um, it may have been a situation that there were nothing that you could do. As women, we know that we are nurturers. So it, that part can be extremely hard if your loss is a child. Um, I often tell people sometimes that losing a child is so painful that it cannot even have a name. If you lose a husband, you become a widow, a widower, widow. If you lose your uh, parents, you become an orphan. But there is nothing that can explain or even come to the effect of losing a child. There's not even a name that we can give it. That is a, a different type of pain. And I can only imagine in that state how you must go through this um, process a little differently because not everyone understands that pain. Uh, feel guilt for how we behave. That's why it is important for us to let our words, um, and I've learned this very recently, I try not to end conversations with just goodbye, see you later. I try to end all of my conversations with I love you until we speak again, because I want to make sure that what I have in my heart doesn't harbor any guilt. And just think if someone has gotten into an accident and you didn't get to say the things that you want, you may feel some kind of guilt. If you and that person were not on the best of terms, there may be guilt. There may be some unresolved issues that you feel um, some guilt about. Or going back to that helpless feeling of not wanting to uh, or not being able to help them. Also, believe it or not, we can feel guilt on reflecting on our lives with that individual. And I'll give you an example. When you think over the course of just your marriage, you know, in a marriage you have good days, you have bad days. But I think when we go to reflect back in the very early stages of that grief process, you begin to remember the good and the bad, but we tend to focus on a lot of the bad things or the things that made us angry in the beginning. 
You know, you have all of these memories. I wish I had said that. I wish I hadn't said this. Or I wish we had a better relationship at communicating. And different things that we go through may cause us to feel some guilt um, in this process of grief. And, and, and yet again, these are the emotional uh, things that we have with the process of guilt. Let us talk now about the physical side of guilt. We may have difficulty in sleeping, getting in and out of bed. We may also have intrusive thoughts. Um, I, I can tell you one of mine, just being transparent, when I lost my husband, at one moment, I felt like if I woke up, it would be okay, or if I didn't wake up, it would be okay. And it's not that I was suicidal, but that was a thought that often came into my mind because those intrusive thoughts pop up in our head. And there's no way to uh, know when those thoughts are going to pop up. Sometimes I would be sitting in the midst of my friends thinking, I just want to get away. I just want to leave these people. These people just leave me alone so I can go to myself and, and be by myself. And I had all of these intrusive thoughts. We also have restlessness. You're going to have disturbance in your sleep. You're going to have nights when you can't sleep at all. And you'll have nights when you can. The key to it is working through the process. Feeling tired and fatigued, and a lot of that does come because we're not sleeping well. During this time of grieving, it is important that you take care of yourself. It is important that you eat right, and it may be hard to eat, but you need to eat right. You need to get exercise. Whatever you do, make sure you get out and exercise. You also need proper rest. And I'm not talking about that sleep where we go and we just lay just to lay, but try to work your schedule around the fact that you only go in your bed when it's time to sleep. Try to maintain keeping yourself up and busy until it's time for you to sleep. Because those physical problems uh, will those uh, sleep and not eating right, those will turn into physical ailments, like high blood pressure. Um, stress um, is a biggie that allow people to have high blood pressure. Our physical problems, um, you can have muscle pain, agitation. All of these things go along with that physical um, uh, instances that we may have that people don't think about. And I, and I, I don't want to be too long, Karen, but I want people to understand that you may be in one of these phases and not even realize. But once you know where you are, you know how to come out of it. Um, headaches, aches and pains over your body, flu-like symptoms. A lot of people don't put that in the process of grieving, but that does come along with depression. Feeling overall unwell, not feeling yourself, not able to explain what's wrong. Go to the doctor, the doctor says your blood pressure is good, says all of these things are well, but you just feel physically 
not yourself. Our thinking changes. When we're on this curve, our memories, we get to a point where we are bargaining, so to speak, with what happened and what went down. We get, after the bargaining, we go through a state of depression. And then we have the acceptance. And what I want to say about acceptance and the acceptance behavior, when you begin to accept what has really happened, this trauma, because actually death is a trauma to us, when you accept what really happens to you, you will get to a point where now your memories are those that are the good ones. You can remember when we had this good time, and you begin to remember when you had that good time. And you maybe even get to a point where you can talk to people about what happened. This is when we get to the point to where we are accepting what actually happened in this process. Do anybody have any questions for me? Um, Cassandra, I do have one question um, that yes, someone's asking, and she's probably getting ready to get off the line. Um, she wants to know, how can we act positively on our feelings of anger? How can we make a difference in the current problem going on right now, racism, sexism, et cetera? And, and that's a good question. And how we do that with uh, positively with anger, the first thing I would say to you is really deal with the issue of what you're angry about. I think a lot of times we, we are in denial of what we're actually angry about, and we'll go all the way around. So I think facing the anger uh, of what you're angry about and dealing with that issue will help us to think positively because you want to focus not on what your issue is, but how to come out of it. And, and what I mean by that is, um, if I'm angry at one of my children or angry at the situation that's going on now, one way to be positive about it is to do something about it. We, we have to become active partakers in our own process of healing. And I think if sometimes we give back and we do things positively, toward our anger. I disagree with this looting and, and vandalism and all of this thing that we got going on now with the situation in society. But I do think that we as a people could come together, have a plan on what we should do as a people to help one another. So in our anger, it's our reaction our positive reaction of how we come through it. Did that answer that for, or give her some? Yeah, I think. Does anybody have a question? Um, Valerie, are you saying something? You can unmute yourself, go ahead. Hi, I wanna say I lost my son. He was 22, December 20th, 2012, five days of Christmas, and then I lost my husband, March of 2013. So oh, my wow. grieving process was, you know, I went through the stages, but I'm a nurse too. So I, I just kept moving. And then I finally had to say, 
this is not right. But my whole thing that got me through was my faith. If it wasn't for God, I don't know. And the fact that I had another, my daughter was in high school at the time. So if I didn't have those two things in my faith, I would have just threw in the towel. But I know that God, no matter what he put on me, he was going to bring me through. I mean, like you said, it's hard for any mother to lose their child. My son had a cardiac arrest right at the house. I started CPR. I'm thinking he's going to be fine. He's a healthy kid. Kids always bounce back. That was the hardest thing for me to find out. I couldn't save my own child. Every day I walk into the emergency room and God knows what I deal with. I didn't think I could ever go back into the emergency room. But God would not put me anywhere else. I tried to apply to every different area of the hospital, but he kept me there. Mm-hmm. And with that sympathy and empathy that I deal with every day, I'm able to deal with my patients. It, it was a hard road, but what he instilled in me gave me the compassion to do what I need to do every day. And right now with this COVID-19 working in this area and you seeing these people that are dying by themselves. And you know, that's when we stay at the bedside because we know the family can't be there and we experience this loss. So, you know, we just have to stay prayed up because it's only God that's gonna bring us through this whole pandemic. Thank you, Valerie. And I know it's hard for you guys um, being on the front line out there um, as nurses in those hospitals. and. And my heart just goes out to you all. And, and we thank you for your courage. And we thank all. Yes, we do. We thank you because, you know, somebody has to be out there. And I'm so glad that, you know, you guys are there and being able to deal with all that. Anybody mm-hmm. else has any questions that they want to ask Cassandra? Before, because I want to get into the faith aspect okay. before I finish, before I before I'm done because she's absolutely right where you lay your faith um, and how you activate your faith this is how we get through these tough times the Lord gives us his word to use to carry us through this for instance the 23rd Psalm he says the Lord is my shepherd He is always there taking care of us. He is always there leading us where we need to go. Yet we must be able to follow. When we find folks who are grieving, it is also a perfect opportunity for us not to force our faith on them, but to introduce them to a loving God. God always shelters those who put their trust in him. He shelters, he protects, he's a loving God. So many nights, the word of God has come out of my spirit. After I processed all these things I was going through, it was the word that would lead me all the way back to accepting God's will for my life. And, and, and we think that, we don't know um, what someone else is going through and, and, and we don't feel like she was saying to lose her son. I think she said she lost her son first and didn't know her husband, then a son. That within itself 
is now a traumatic event in her life that she has to go through a process of reasoning and her faith and our faith, the way we trust in God is what will take us through that traumatic event. The brain, the way the brain operates for, for me, it's very fascinating because when we do um, experience trauma, our, our brain has to process that. And what I love about God, you know that old saying is what you have in you is what come out of you. When you have the word of God, it allows, it's almost like a barrier where it allows things to um, come to us, but the effect is not like those who don't believe. When you believe in God, believe it or not, you have a protector over your mind, your body, and your spirit. He protects you in all aspects. When I was um, going through and, and, and talking, let me just talk about what happened to me. I lost my husband in 2018. And the whole process of losing my husband it wasn't that it was traumatic um, at the moment because as years went by, I watched him get weaker and weaker and weaker. But what was so painful was when he actually passed away and my whole life changed. So how I saw things had to change also. And this is where God's word comes in and it takes over our lives. He become, um, we become able to accept things. You never know your strength until it is tested. You never know your faith and how strong your faith is until it is tested. When your faith is rooted and grounded in God, no matter what the enemy brings to you, you will be able to make it through. You'll be able to um, handle whatever situations come your way. I just want to read this one scripture, Karen, real, real quick. And then if they had any other questions for me, let me go to the scripture in. Today um, in is, of course, it is Pentecostal, uh, it's Pentecost Sunday. And we all know that on that Sunday, that the gift of the Holy Spirit, the comforter that Christ um, promised us, it came. And though the way that God works with us, it's so amazing because those of us that have his spirit, he will work it. Uh, that perfect faith uh, will come out. The scripture, and everybody's probably uh, familiar with this scripture, is Romans 8 and 28. And we know that God causes 
all things to work together for the good to those who love him and to those who are called according to his purpose. If God brings these events in your life, know that he will work it for the good of you. Know that God is a keeper. Know that God will take care of you. This whole grieving process, the scripture says, as sure as a man must live, he must die. And we know this. But working that out through our faith makes it so much easier to get to a point to where we're no longer angry, but we have relief and we become accepting what God is working in us. Thank you, Cassandra. Um, does anyone else have any questions that she wants to ask her? Yes. Hi, Karen. This is Brenda. How you doing? I'm good. Go ahead, Brenda. Um, I have a question for her. I lost my mother um, September the 26th, 2018. The morning, I believe, at the same time that my mom was transitioning, um, I had a dream and in my dream, it was as, as if the Lord allowed my mother to come to me in my dream to let me know that she was leaving me. Mm -hmm. I woke up out of that dream because I was so, you, you know, because it was like a scary dream. I was like, dad, I, I, I was dreaming about my mother passing. 20 minutes later, I got a call from my niece to tell me that my mother died. Mm. And I battle with it, and I'm still dealing with the fact that, like, Lord, um, I know just as sure as a man born, he's going to die. He will mm -hmm. die. But I didn't understand mm -hmm. why... Um, and I'm not questioning God's word, but I, 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 mm -hmm. I, I, I battle with the fact that the Lord allowed my mother's spirit to come visit me before she transitioned. And I, I, I mm -hmm. truly didn't have any understanding about that. But do you know today I am still grieving over the loss of my mother? I'm not married and I don't have any kids, but my mother was, or was the closest person to me mm -hmm. and even during during that week um i believe in the i believe in my dreams i do because i believe mm -hmm. in signs and dreams and god has mm -hmm. spoken to me many a times and gave me a dream and i watched them come to pass mm -hmm. and even when my mother passed during that week i was responsible for ensuring that you know her service was done and things like that and even though my mother had already had who she wanted to do everything it was mm -hmm. as if oh yeah well 
mama, I know you want to do, you may want to do this, but because I truly believe, and I know I am, that I am the closest one of my mother's children to God, mm -hmm. that um, everything, I had to handle everything all the way down to having her service in my church. Mm -hmm. So um, um, I'm still grieving over that. And again, I don't know why I thought that I have already reached a level of acceptance, but, mm -hmm. um, and I know I have because I don't cry as much. Exactly. But, <laughs> but uh, um, some days I still battle with her loss. And, and, and that may always be. And here's why, because there are going to be things in our lives that trigger us to the very day that the event happens. But I want to say this to you. You said that God allowed you to have the dream, correct? Where your mother came mm -hmm. to you. Right. Now, I have a question for you. Do you see that as a gift from God? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. And it was funny because yes. the night before, um, I was um, with some a group of friends and we were praying and I uh -huh. put her name on the prayer list. So I do mm -hmm. see that as a gift for God, a gift from God, mm -hmm. because he didn't have to mm -hmm. do that. He did not have to allow exactly. her spirit to come to me and let me know that she was being caught up in a storm mm -hmm. or in the rapture. And, and I believe it. Yeah. And I believe it, it, I believe on days like this or times like this that she would really want that or that God would want that to give you some peace of knowing that um, she's in a better place and knowing that everything is okay. You, you, you received a gift that some of us did not receive that would have loved to have that gift. So that's why I say that to you as um, a means to help you on those days that you're struggle, struggling to rethink um, or look at it in a different way, I think would um, might help you on those days. Because one of the things I don't want you to do is to get stuck because the grieving process can start all over again for us. But what I, I really would love for you, and I love that story that God allowed her to be able to speak that to you, to let you know that she was at peace, that she transitioned. That's awesome. So do you, uh, do you still struggle when it, when it, what are your triggers, I should ask? What, what triggers you to be in that place of struggling? When I'm out and um, I see other people with their parents, mm -hmm. particularly, particularly their mother, because my mother was a mother and a father. And I say that with authority. She was my mother and my mm -hmm. father. Because my father left when I was three. So, I mean... Um, and I see women with their mothers and 
and it just makes me automatically think about my mother and how I was with her because mm -hmm. we didn't let her go out in public by herself. Um, other triggers are songs. Um, I would hear on the radio about, you know, a mother and things like that. Those are definitely mm -hmm. triggers for me. Or sometimes I'm just sitting at home and I get into a deep thought and I start thinking about her, but I always mm -hmm. hear her voice. It would always, I can hear her say, Brenda, I'm at peace. I was mm -hmm. tired. Mm -hmm. And then I, and then of course I, I will be talking to her as if she was here in the natural realm. And I would say, mama, I know, but I'm hurting. And I will hear mm -hmm. her say, if you do what you need to do by God, you'll see me. You'll see me again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That peace. Right. She's trying to give you that peace that surpasses all understanding. Mm -hmm. And she wants you to, to understand, you know, I think we all need to understand that there's nothing that separates us from the love of God and from a parent. There's not, and I often tell even my children, there's nothing so bad you can do where I don't love you. Right. Know that you, you know, knowing that you were loved and knowing that, you know, she um, was there. It sounds like she was there for you. As you said, you, she was your best friend, apparently. Right. Yeah. And knowing that you were loved and she'll always be there for you. And I think when we refocus how we look at death, you know, how we, we, we perceive death, um, is another thing that will help us to understand and get over certain aspects of death. I now look at death as a vehicle to take me to my loved ones that have died in Christ. Um, and it sounds like your mother was saved. Oh yeah. 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 She definitely knew the Lord and, um, yeah. and she gave us her God when we were younger, but, Mm -hmm. As we got older, we found our own God, but it's still the same God. <laughs> <laughs> it's still the same God, but you know how it is. You as, know, we grow as up the young we... lady said, yeah, as the young lady said earlier, our faith in whatever we believe in, um, <laughs> our faith is in God. Whatever we believe in is going to help us get through this. We're going to do it. But my, my, my hope for everyone is that they believe in the true and living God. But I, oh I yes, it's still the Trinity. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. I just, I just have to always put that up front that my mother gave me her God. Mm -hmm. But as I got older and and started growing in Christ and truly, um, um, trying to gain a full understanding who, what, and mm -hmm. um, um, He is, then of course mm -hmm. I develop my own understanding of that true and living God. But thanks for letting me share. Yeah, and I, I just want to say to you, keep remembering um, where you are and remember that those, those uh, times for you right now, you have something to draw on that is of love, that is of God, and that is of peace. Um, mm -hmm. I heard those three things very clear, very distinctly. Love, God, and peace. So you, you're good. <laughs> you may think you are still struggling. <laughs> 
but you have all the components that's taking you through. You're good. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks a million. And I and I know we've been on this phone far too long. But I'm sorry. Um, too long. No, you're fine. You fine. Um there's a question, mm -hmm. another question that I wanted to get to um before, you know, I don't want to lose people's um thing. Uh someone Attention. asked mm -hmm. seeing Mr. George being killed constantly on air is troubling to me. What are some things you can do to remove that vision? I stopped watching the TV, but for those like seniors who don't have cable, what else is there? So, um, I, uh, what I would, I would suggest, like you said, number one, let's stop watching it. I wish it, it was disturbing to me, um, on what, what happened and that vision does pop back. Remember I talked about a little bit earlier about intrusive thoughts, things like that, that just pop in your head at that moment. And at that time that these things pop in your head, let's replace it with something else. My uh, thought process would be that we meditate on the word of God. When those things pop in your brain, focus on God, send a prayer um, uh, toward the family, um, also for ourselves. It, it, it's uh, training our brain to look at it differently. And I know that sounds really, really kind of opposite, but that trauma, that looking at that trauma like that, that does affect us, but we have to replace it with something else. We, we want to think and try to process a positive in the place of a negative. And, and when we look at what happened to him and, and how disturbing it was, the one thing that I kept uh, praying was uh, the Our Father prayer. And that's what I use to calm me down when I see that. You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And so I begin to go back to God with those intrusive thoughts um, to help to, to take that vision um, away from me. That, and that's how I've been able to deal with that um, because that, that was very traumatic to see. Um, very, very traumatic. Thank you. Um, Valerie, okay, Pat had her hand up and then Valerie had her hand up. Go ahead, Pat. Um, my question to Cassandra is how do you, what would you suggest to, I guess, people or family that have so many deaths, one right after the other, but never got a chance to grieve? You know, you have so many um, deaths, one right after the other, and you just push it mm -hmm. aside and you just stay busy and you don't have really had that time to just sit down or, or do what you need to do to just grieve for them, like maybe one at a time or the group mm -hmm. of the, you know, mm -hmm. what do you suggest? Mm -hmm. and, and my suggestion, um, would be that, especially if it's in one family, to try to have the family to come together to at least begin the start the process um, of grieving. And I think it would help because you would have one another to uh, talk to 
and you just have maybe have someone come to sit and can uh, facilitate, have someone come in that facilitate or go to someone that you guys can sit and talk to and begin the process of grieving. Because the one thing that will um, manifest is getting stuck in an area. And sometimes that we don't heal as a family. Some things do happen to where we do need to heal as a family. So I would suggest that we come together and, and, and work with one another on that process because it is a painful um, event. And we do, we, sometimes we think that the person can handle it on their own, but we need help to guide us to the next level on that process. And I think that would be an awesome thing, an awesome place to start, even if it's just with two or three family members to start the process. Thank you. Hi, Minister Cassandra. One of the biggest things I was going through the grieving and I couldn't understand why, why this happened? Why did I lose my son? Why did I lose my husband? You know, my husband was in church singing and I just couldn't understand God, why? And he sent me this scripture, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and it's become my favorite scripture. Yes, ma'am. Help me get through. Yes, Trust the Lord with all thy heart. All oh, my heart. Mm -hmm. Lean not on my own not understanding, own but understand. acknowledge him in every way, and he will strengthen my path. Way. And I tell yes. you, when, when I just can't figure out, I'm like, okay, Lord, it's you. I, I have to throw mm -hmm. it on him because mm -hmm. I don't know. And I know mm -hmm. that at the end of the day, he's going to break me through. And he gave me the scripture. And I tell you, this is what brought me through so many hard times at nights or when I just felt like I couldn't go on. He says, mm -hmm. it's not for you to understand. It's, it's in my hands. It is. It is. Mm -hmm. That is, um, what's your miss Valerie? That is also one of my, um, favorite scriptures, and it is in um, my little repertoire that I read every night before I go to bed because I really have to um, trust him because I don't understand. I, I didn't have a clue why. And I, I, would, I, would, I went through a process where I said, I didn't sign up for this. This, this is not what I signed up for. But in his infinite wisdom, he has guided me to understand that having them in my life was for a purpose and me being in their life was a purpose. I got to baptize my husband. That purpose alone, when I think about everything we've been through, knowing that God used me to play that role in his life was awesome. So that's another way that I think we should look in our times of grief to find the positives about how God placed us in the lives of these human beings for a greater purpose for them as well as ourselves. Yeah, my mom is diagnosed with stage four gastro cancer and it has been a struggle the last few weeks. Um, the doctor said the other day, he says, well, I don't know, maybe three, six months. I said, well, that's not for you to determine. It's in God's hand. 
And I said, my mother is not ready to give up and she's not ready for hospice. And when she gets to that point, we will deal with it. But don't take her little bit of hope and her little bit of faith because you don't think she's going to make it. So we turn it over to God's hand and we leave it. Only God knows what her timeline is going to be. And I just pray every day that he gives me the strength to do it because I see all the signs, but my family don't because they're not medical. Mm -hmm. So they don't understand what she's going through. So it's hard. It's this long battle, but you know, I'm trusting in God. I know that at the end, it's all in his hands. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I know we're, we're up for time, Karen. And that's one thing I oh, want to say for every sister that is on this line today. I want you to look at me really good when I say this. Never give up hope in your process. You will make it to the end. You might not understand the whole walk, but you will make it to the end. As long as you keep hope and know that God is with you every step of the way of this process, you will make it to the end. It's okay to cry. It's okay to scream. It's okay to have questions within yourself. But know that with your hope and your faith, you're going to make it. It feels like it's, it's dark right now. But remember, weeping only endures for a night because there is joy in the morning. And you will have your morning time. Your morning will come. Don't worry about that. That's a promise from God that we will have joy, unspeakable joy. Thank you so much, Cassandra. Thank you for that. Um, I'm not going to hold you guys any longer, but I did want to say to each and every one of you, um, thank you for taking the time to come on this line for this. Um, next week, we're going to try to um, touch on some tips of things that you can do to um, as we're going through this process of being in the house and just some positive tips of things that you can do as women um, to help you get through this pandemic. Um, and like I said last week, if there are things that you want to possibly have us talk about, please, um, text me, inbox me, whatever. If you want to put it in the chat box, go ahead and put it in the chat box. Um, we're, we're just trying to be here for one another as women. We know that there's a struggle out there. Things are going on. And in the mm -hmm. last couple of days, um, we didn't see none of this coming. <laughs> we did not see any of this coming. So mm -hmm. um, we know that it's, it's, it may get worse before it gets better and we may be in the house a lot longer than we anticipated that we needed to be there but the one thing that we wanted to get through to you is to keep the faith keep trusting god and know that he's going to see us through this um i want to thank cassandra for taking this time and i know this is a a rough time for you but what you, go ahead i just want to also say karen that um, if anybody ever wants to talk, um, make sure you give them my information. Um, if they ever want to have somebody just to talk to, just to vent to, I want my sisters to know that I'm here um, for however I may be able to help them through the process. 
that they're more than welcome to give me a call. I appreciate it. And I love you all. (laughs) I appreciate that. So um, please um, know to tune in next week. If anybody has any questions, any last minute questions before we we go off the line, you know, I know I don't want to, you know, be um, not conscious of people's time, but um, Cassandra, I know this Baptist queen will be talking. (laughs) That there's some people that said thank you, Cassandra. Awesome session, um, Valerie. Some somebody wants you to email. Wants you to email. Okay, email us, please. Okay, I will. And you know, everyone- I say something, Valerie. Okay. I just want to say, Valerie, this is Pat. You know, old convention. You know, I love you, and I will keep in touch <laughs> with you. Be be strong. Yeah. And, and and that's what we wanted to do, offer encouragement to people. Thank you. To You're welcome. Help and we'll you do this. Because as it, as go ahead, Bella. As the Imperial Commander mm-hmm. say, you pray for me and I'll pray for you and we'll watch God change things. Amen. All right. I, I like that. So <laughs> I say. I say. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. Anybody else, any last minute comments before we um get off the phone? I, I just want to piggyback on Brenda. She said that she lost her mother in 2018. Um, I lost my mother 30 years ago. And the day we buried her, she came to me in my dreams. And she said to me, Patricia, I am okay. Baby, I am okay. So I say to you, it's going to take some time, but it's, it's hard. And it's been 30 years for me, and it's still hard for me. But when you talked about dreams, and every night, not a night go by for 30 years, God is my witness. My mother is in my dream every night. I can't remember everything that we do, but she's in my dreams every night because it was just me, her, and my sister. Just wow. Us. My sister never had any dreams about my mom, but she's always with me. So that's why I say to you, hang in there, keep the faith. She's She's your angel, and my mother is my angel. When I have hard times and going through it, she that's when she's really in my dreams constantly. But I say to you all, it's nothing like losing a parent or child, but to lose your mother, and that's all you had. It was the hardest thing for me, but I got through it through faith, through God. So thank you. At, in your time, Karen. Where I'm at. This is no, this is no. I want to also uh, encourage Brenda to keep uh, uh, keep the faith up because I too went through that. But I have five sisters, and that's all we do on Friday night. We bring some memory back about about my mom, and we <laughs> have a good time because she was a good woman. She was a yeah. Christian. Woman. Thank you, thank you all, thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, thanks a lot. <laughs> And, you know, there was um, something that I heard, um, I don't know where it came from. It, it was something that came across to me when, when my mother died. And it says that God gives us roses so that we will always have the memories. So that we will always have the, ro- the memories. Um, and it just stick with, stuck with me and, and, and it helps me to get through. Thank so, you, Karen. Um, yeah. Okay. And I'm I'm not in no rush, but you know I don't want to hold y'all on this phone. If you know if anybody else has any questions, feel free. Um, if you have to leave, you can 
leave off, but know that we will um, try to do something um, a little different next week. Um, Valerie came and said that she would like to talk about staying safe during COVID-19 and women's health. And as a medical person, Valerie, um, we can talk off, off, offline and offer some of that for the ladies on next week, if you'd like. Okay. Anybody else? Going once. <laughs> Going twice. Thank you so much for um, all that you do. Um, thank you so much, Cassandra, for doing this um, for us. Um, and all thank of you. you for giving me the opportunity to do it. I really appreciate just having this opportunity because it's also um, helped for me as, as I continue to um, uh, go through my, my uh, grief from losing my husband. And, and it, it, it helps me to know that I'm doing what he would have wanted me to do. You know, he loved people, he loved helping people. So I, I applaud you also for stepping out on faith and um, having this kind of uh, meeting for us, for those of us who really want to stay connected as we are isolated from others, but yet we're still sisters in the spirit. And that feels good to know that you ladies are here praying for all of us. And I just thank you again for stepping out on that vision. Love you. Love you more. And like I said, <laughs> this, this is a centralized moment and the focus is you. And we know that as we, Y'all hear y'all hear my grandson in the back calling me. That's my William. That's my <laughs> so, William. Um, I'm going to um like I said, a centralized moment, the focus is you, and we know that um we want to actually focus on 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 ourselves and do those things that we need to do to make it through this pandemic. So to God be the glory. Um I wish you God's speed. Um everyone be careful. Um um, just stay off that TV for a little while. <laughs> that news is very depressing. Yeah. So um, if you don't have to, you know, you might want to just step back from it for a little while. And and like I said, and focus more on the word. Focus on the mm -hmm. word. Focus on the word of God. Mm -hmm. And um, and I don't know how many of you were on the line last week. And I told some, I was telling somebody, if you want to really you know, get into a word about things that are going on right now, read Jeremiah 29. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah 29. And and like I oh, said yeah. last week, when someone, I said Jeremiah 29, everybody can say, well, I know Jeremiah 29 verse 11. I know, but no, read mm -hmm. the whole, the whole chapter of Jeremiah and mm -hmm. it'll um, help you to get through some of this. Thank you. So, mm -hmm. um, Understand. Reverend Cassandra, can you close us out? Mm -hmm. Sure, my pleasure. Let us bow our heads. Our Father, the God of the universe, Lord, we come to you right now with humbled hearts. We come to you saying thank you, Lord, for allowing us a moment in time to focus on ourselves through you. God, we ask you right now that every home that's represented, that you'll give them peace right now, God. 
God, we ask right now that you will give them your protection and your provision. Oh, Lord, look at all of our hearts, our minds. Father, we ask that you keep us close with you. Now, God, as we are faced with so many things that are going on, a pandemic or plague, and now we have violence and blood that's running in the street, God, we just ask that you continue to give us your peace. Lord, let us be able to be able to understand, God, what is happening right now. Lord, and whatever we can do, Father, to help one another in this pandemic and in this time, Father, strengthen us to be able to do for one another what must be done. Father, we ask right now that you look at what is going on with the minds of people. Father, we just pray that you will enter their hearts and their minds, God, to give them peace, that peace that surpasses all understanding. Oh God, we know that there is so much hurt and pain that is traveling the land. But God, I know that you are a God of comfort. You are just God. You are loving God. You are a peaceful God. You are a strong and mighty force. Protect us right now, God, with your love. Protect us, God, with your understanding. Continue to allow us to have your grace and your mercy to shower over us daily. And now, God, as we depart from coming together via this internet. Father, we speak peace into the night of each woman that's listening and looking upon us now. God, we ask that you let them lay with a rest like they've never rest before, knowing the assurance that God, you are looking over them all night long. Oh God, we thank you for all that you are doing for us. We thank you, God, that during this pandemic, we have been able to, Father, pay our bills. We've been able to eat. You've been able to provide all of our needs. And we say thank you, God, for that. We praise you now, and we worship your holy name. Now, God, keep us, continue to love us, and take care of us. And Father, we'll be so grateful to always give you the praise, the glory, and the honor that you are worthy of. And we ask it all right now in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whom we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, God. Thank you so much. Thank you, God. Before, I don't want to dap, dampen that powerful prayer, but I did forget one thing. Um, those of you that were on the line last week, um, there's a challenge out there where um, if you have a domestic violence um, center in your area where you are, um, will you please um, text me or contact me? What we are trying to do is actually... Um, make some contact with those centers to see what kind of um, donations or services that we can provide to them, be it toiletries, whatever their needs are, be it funds. We're going to um, designate somebody because we have people all over on this call. Um, I know I see Maryland out there. I see Florida. I see Texas. I see 
all over. So we want to try to make some contact to these domestic violence centers and see if we can't get some um, supplies into those places while these women we know are stuck in, in there and there are some needs that they have. So if you would, you know, contact me and let me know if you're interested in being the, um, the coordinator or the contact person for those centers and um, we'll talk more about it. Thank you so much again. To God be the glory. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. Okay, Valerie, I just sent sent my email to you. I guess I could have put it for those that didn't already hang up. Do you have everybody's email address, Karen? Um, I think I no? do. <laughs> I think I do, okay. actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I look at the list that I have of the people that are here. And if, yeah, and I mean, I got yours when you sent it to me. I do have yours. Um, Michi, I don't, I'm not sure if I have your email directly. If you could um, go ahead and put it in, um, in the chat box for me. Okay. Thank you so much. I think we're down. Yeah. Oh, okay, I got it now. Thank you. I still, I'm still good. I'm still new at this Zoom stuff, so I have to figure out how to go back into the chat. So that's why I'm writing some of them down now as, as you're giving them to me. Okay. Oh, in the chat? Yeah. I know it's a way that I can pull up everything that's happening, but I will get it. Okay. Oh, okay. Thank you so much. See you guys later. Y'all be safe. <laughs> Y'all be safe. All right. All righty. Call me. I will. <laughs>